0: Caleb, and I'm so excited that you've decided to spend some of your day here with me on the Learner's Corner podcast. And today, I am talking with Dr. Therese Houston about her brand new book, Let's Talk Make Effective Feedback Your Superpower. And so, you know, one of uh, my passions here on the Learner on the Learner's Corner is obviously that I continue to grow and develop, and I hope for the I hope that for you as well and If we're going to do that, one of the key things that's going to be helpful in making that happen is feedback. And so I'm excited to bring you that conversation here in just a couple of minutes. But if you happen to be new to the Learner's Corner podcast, I want to tell you a little bit about it. You know, this is a podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything from anyone and everyone, because we truly believe that there is something that you can learn from everyone. And here on the Learner's Corner, we want to create a safe place to have dangerous conversations, to have the conversations that maybe you're afraid of having with other people because you're afraid of being judged or you're afraid of being ostracized or, you know, being shamed because of those different things. And here we really want to have uh, just a place to where literally you could talk about Anything and that you can learn from anyone. And so, if this happens to be your first time, I would love to hear from you. The best way to reach out to me is through Instagram. I would love to hear from you. You can go to my handle, which is at calebjmason.com. And then, I also want to give a couple of quick shout outs to Sam Massey, who has created the music for this podcast, and Garrett Oler, who does the editing for this podcast. Those two help make uh, the podcast great and make it. Um, much more enjoyable to listen than I could on my own. And so I'm going to bring you the conversation with Therese here in just a second. But before that, I want to tell you a little bit about her. She has received her MS and PhD in cognitive psychology from Carne- Carnegie Mellon University. She was the founding director of the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning at Seattle university. She has also written for the New York Times and the Harvard Business Review and has a robust speaking schedule presenting regularly for academic audiences, businesses and conferences. She has also given talks at Microsoft, Amazon and TEDx St. Louis and Harvard Business School as well as also the author of books such as Teaching What You Don't Know and How Women Decide. But as I mentioned earlier, she has a brand new book out called Let's Talk And that's what I'm going to talk with her about. So here is our conversation. It is so great to have you on the Learner's Corner podcast today to talk about your brand new book, Let's Talk.
1: Thank you so much, Caleb. It is such an honor to be here.
0: Yeah. And just as we're getting started, I always love uh, starting with this question anytime that someone has come out with a book or a piece of art or anything like that. But I love hearing the the story or the series of events that led someone to, to want to write something. And so what made you want to write this book, Let's Talk?
1: So some of my most memorable moments at work have been times when I've either been giving feedback or receiving feedback. So um, I'll I'll give you one example. Early in my career, I was about one year into a new job and uh, I asked my boss, you know, could she give me some feedback about what I was doing well and what I could improve? And she said, oh, sure, let's go out for lunch. We can talk about it over lunch. Okay, great. So we, we we go out to lunch and we spend the whole lunch time talking about personal things. You know, we're talking about our families, we're talking about our pets. And <laughs> I was engaged at the time, so we talked about my upcoming wedding. It was lovely. We had a lovely time, but, but we didn't get to the topic of feedback at all. Mm-hmm. So as we're leaving lunch, I'm thinking, okay, I need to ask her more specifically because she's not getting to the topic. And on our, our way out of the restaurant, we decide to stop in the restroom um, before we t- t- do the long walk back to our offices and we i'm i'm not kidding we we go into the stalls and all of a sudden she launches into my feedback for the year. She starts explaining, well, here's what I love about your work. And I'm thinking, no, 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 not oh. now.
0: <laughs> I mean, who could, we're in a oh. public
1: restroom. Who might walk in any moment? Right? Yeah. And uh, plus, you know, I'm also thinking, I can't even write any of this yeah. down,
0: right? <laughs> oh, God. Yep. oh
1: my goodness. And, and she was a great boss. You know, uh, she was just, she had just been promoted. She was overwhelmed. And I'm guessing what was happening for her is she just didn't have time to think about this. And all of a sudden she's remembering, oh, that's right. We're supposed to talk about feedback. And she just launched into it because she was so busy and she's trying to squeeze me into her busy schedule. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just, it was, um, it was one of many moments I've had where someone probably had, she probably had really good intentions, but she wasn't giving me great feedback. At least she wasn't giving it to me in a way that I could hear, regardless of what she said. All I remember was the panicked moment, right? Mm-hmm. So my my philosophy is we all deserve great feedback, but we don't all receive great feedback, and I'm trying to change that.
0: Yeah. What are some of the the common challenges that you see whenever it comes to you know being able to give that feedback? Like, what are some of the things that people tend to get stuck up on?
1: Well, there are not. Number of things. I'll I'll focus on three because Mm -hmm. I think these are three of the most common challenges that we run into when we're giving feedback, especially for managers. Yeah. Um, The first the first one is we're too busy. That's especially true. You know, I know this. People might listen to this a couple of years down the road, but we're we're recording this during COVID, Mm -hmm. and there's research showing that managers, on average, at least at large companies, are putting in an extra eight hours a week just in collaborations, just in meetings, compared to the pre-COVID. Uh, management experiences. So managers are overwhelmed and just giving feedback, letting people know they're doing good work is just more than we can handle. We've already got too much on our plate. Mm-hmm. So one, we're too busy. Um, secondly, uh, people tend to dread giving critical feedback. There's there's uh, there's research showing that 37% of managers dread giving critical feedback. So that's more than one out of three. And managers I've interviewed think the number is much higher than 37%. And, and third, we're not trained to give feedback, um, some of us are. I was lucky. I, I learned to give good feedback through some training in my twenties, but most of us don't receive training, especially at smaller or medium-sized companies. Even at large companies, sometimes HR's job is not to give, not to train people to give feedback. So we we feel undertrained as compared to other aspects of our job, which we've received specific training in. We we don't know what to do. What if the person gets upset? I don't know what to do if they cry. Right, mm-hmm. and so. We don't, we, we, a lot of managers think, well, you know what? It's better to say nothing than to say the wrong thing. Yeah. And so they decide not to give feedback. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, let's, let's just stick on uh, that example of what you were saying. If, if you're giving feedback and someone starts to show, you know, emotion or sadness, or they start crying or any type of emotion, what, what advice would you give to the person? Cause like, if it hasn't happened yet to anyone who's listening, it's going to happen at some point. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've uh, I I haven't had as many people get angry. I think people tend to worry that people get angry. Mm-hmm. Um I've had more people cry in feedback conversations. And I don't mean to say that I make people cry, yeah. um, but <laughs> I've I've had that experience more often um, because if you if you touch on an issue that really matters to someone often mm-hmm. it it loosens up some strong emotions. So some advice if um if someone does cry in when you're giving them feedback or in any situation um, at work. If someone does cry, uh, a couple of things. First of all, don't ignore it. That I, I know some managers take that approach. They just keep talking as though nothing's happening. And that's so invalidating for the other person, right? They, 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 they feel then a pressure to get over whatever they're experiencing more quickly. Um, so first of all, don't ignore it. And that might mean Doing something as simple as like reaching over, if you're in person, grabbing a, a set of a box of tissues, mm-hmm. or if you're in a Zoom call, um, it might be something as simple as, "Oh, I noticed this is bringing up some strong feelings for you. Yeah. Um, would you? Uh, what What are you thinking right now? So it's good to ask a question to say, and it's actually um, a number of people I've talked with find it's better to ask about the what are you thinking than what are you feeling. It helps people. Mm-hmm. Get reconnect with themselves get get a little bit more control. Um, I also a thing that I usually do is I try to specifically validate and I'll say something like, um, you know what, It's, it's okay. If if feelings weren't allowed in the workplace, I wouldn't work here. Right? I, I usually try to validate that this is okay. It's totally fine. Um, and then I often, if I'm giving someone feedback and the reasons they're crying is because that feedback was more than they could handle or upsetting for them in the moment, I'll often say, well, I want to make sure that we brainstorm together what you could do differently in the future. Do you want to have that conversation now or should we wait a day or two? Because some people, um, once they do get upset, they, they find it hard to have that productive conversation. Most people are fine. They get over it quickly. They want to have the conversation, but giving people the option—would you like to? Would you like to continue, or what's going to be best for you right now? Usually, people are are wanting wanting to pivot and say, "Great, no, let's talk about it. I'm ready." Mm-hmm. Uh, but but asking asking that can be a really um, uh, freeing feeling for the other person. They they're usually grateful for that.
0: Yeah, I want to go back to uh, one of the challenges that you said. Uh, you said that you know often uh, we could be too busy to give the feedback. And I think that runs into something that, you know, I've experienced from time to time is that sometimes feedback is only giving at like the yearly review whenever it happens. Exactly. Uh, You're I, so right. I was yep. going to say, I, I would just love uh, just your thoughts on just the, the idea of the yearly review, whenever it comes to feedback and everything.
1: So it imp- it's, it's important to have those milestones where we're going to, we're going to look back over the entire year and, and, and um, evaluate all um, you know, where you stand compared to where you want to be or where I'm expecting you to be. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did all the projects work out? But but what's much more important that so many of us skip is the frequent feedback that needs to happen on a regular basis. And um, it's especially important to be giving praise and coaching on a regular basis, especially if something, if there's just been some performance, maybe the person gave, they led, they led a Zoom meeting this morning. It's important to give them feedback on it, ideally in that same, day. Here's what I loved about your presentation. Um, And I'm curious, what what would you do differently if you we're in that same situation again. Immediately begin brainstorming with that person because it's it's very alive for them. They're thinking about it. Um, and so to capture that moment while it's still on their mind and to offer some coaching as close to the event as possible, people tend to appreciate that because they're thinking about it. But also you don't lose the details. And there's also if there's some concern that you have and you wait too long, it really um, it makes the person wonder, wait. Why why didn't you bring this up sooner? I I, I interviewed one person, um, I interviewed sixty people for the book, and uh, I got some fascinating stories. One one was just r- remarkable. Um, it, what happened is this this person he's he works for human resources, and he he like me he was at the end of his first year on the job. He went in to have his annual performance review conversation with his boss, and she wasn't someone who gave feedback regularly. Mm-hmm. And he sits down and. She reaches behind her desk and grabs a binder, a binder. He's never seen this binder. She opens it up and she said, well, so last February you did this.
0: Oh, wow. And she
1: turns a page. Yep. And in March, you said this in a meeting. And he's like, where is it? Why didn't you tell me any of this? Why did you let me do this all for a year before bringing any of it up? And he's wondering why, why did you think I couldn't take this, right? There's so many ways in which this was upsetting to him. Needless to say he did not wait around to see what next year's binder <laughs> was going to bring right <laughs> like okay this is the way you do it but but it's and I'm not saying you know that's an extreme example I'm not saying that you're you you or that uh, the people you know would would do mm-hmm. that but all too often we sit on feedback and it really then upsets the other person when you bring it up because they're wondering why didn't you bring this up at the time um maybe I've made that mistake more times I I could have easily corrected this and plus it makes me feel like a super sensitive Person, that you have to walk on eggshells around me, um, and so it can be you can you can do more harm than good in a, a number of ways by sitting on feedback.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think just as I was preparing for this conversation, one one of the things that really uh, resonated with me and stood out to me was how you write about how different people need different types of feedback, and that there are different different ways of giving feedback and different types of giving feedback or different types of feedback. Can you just elaborate more on what the different types of feedback might look like? Sure, so all too often,
1: most of us think about feedback as either either positive or negative. We mm-hmm. just have these two types in our in our mind and um, and that might be even the way that um, you know people talk about it at your workplace or they might talk about constructive feedback and say, instead of saying negative, managers often avoid the word negative and they'll say constructive. yeah I, I find I find the distinction that's most useful. This is one by Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen they make this point in their book thanks for the feedback and that's there are actually three kinds of feedback and people need all three so the three kinds are one appreciation um, this is what i like about you and what i like about your work you know so for you Caleb appreciation would be you 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 are so earnest you come across as so earnest in your conversations with your guests and it's just wonderful right yeah. so that's appreciation it's what i recognize about your work and i hope that you'll keep doing coaching is the second kind of feedback so we have appreciation then we have coaching and coaching would be advice this would be what to start doing or what to stop doing i you know maybe we're going to brainstorm together on that or maybe i have specific coaching i want to offer and then the third kind of feedback is evaluation and evaluation is letting someone know where they stand you know are you are you going to get that promotion anytime soon how do you compare to other people on the team in terms of bringing in new clients um, what what number if I if we have a num- numeric ranking system what number are you are you going to be getting at the end of the year in terms of your exceeds expectations or meets expectations so evaluation is letting someone know where they stand so those are the three types appreciation coaching and evaluation and appreciation and coaching need to happen pretty close to the actual event. Mm-hmm. Like I said, um, you know, someone just gave a presentation, give them give them appreciation and coaching right away. Evaluation is less frequent. Uh, I, I advise people to do evaluation at least once every six months. Mm-hmm. All too often we wait. And don't do the evaluation until it's performance review time. But then that can often lead to a lot of surprises. Maybe someone's been expecting all year they're going to get a promotion and you don't talk with them about it for a year and then it's review time and you're like, well... You didn't get the promotion. Like what? Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> like I was yeah. counting on that. Or I, assume, you know, wh- why didn't you tell me sooner? I wasn't likely to get it. So having those conversations, at least at the mid-year point, um, to let people know you're on track, or if they're not on track, to say, okay, here's what I need to see in the next six months in order for me to put your name up for mm-hmm. promotion.
0: I was gonna say, would uh, in the evaluation piece, would that be like the time to also go like, hey, this is. This is either positive or either I was going to say positive or negative, but uh, sure. No, like oh, it's fine. No, yeah. it's
1: fine. You can use that words. Yeah, sure.
0: Well, I was going to say, is would that kind of be the time to go? Hey, these these are the themes that I'm seeing in terms of your your work or your your style or anything like that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, you're giving those. Hopefully, you're letting people know yeah. that more often than than just then. But you can definitely do that. The one caution I would have: mm-hmm. sometimes managers. Are so if they have a negative evaluation to give, maybe they're going to let someone know, you know, um, uh, on uh, you know the the on average we have people bringing in two new clients a week, mm-hmm. and you ha- you haven't brought in a new client for two months. I'm beginning to get concerned, right? So maybe you have that feedback. All too often, managers will wait to the very end of the meeting to bring something like that up, and. It can be really frustrating for the employee because the conversation is going well. We're, you mm-hmm. know, I'm getting praise, I'm getting coaching, and then all of a sudden I'm hit with this whammy, um, and it can f- they, it can feel uh, as though there isn't much trust in that relationship. So managers, as well as employees, that I've Interviewed find it much better if you've got something like that to say say it early in the conversation so that we can spend the rest of the conversation brainstorming and I can learn why 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 has it been hard for you to bring in more clients what's getting in your ways or some something I can help you with as a manager to ensure that you go back to your old numbers of bringing in two clients a week um, but. And I understand it. The, the discomfort is I don't want to say that thing. So I leave it towards the end of the mm-hmm. meeting or I want to make sure we've got good rapport before I bring it up, but it can really send the wrong signal to the employee and, and, and lead them to distrust you that you're going to, you know, the other shoe is going to drop and it won't drop till the end of the yeah. meeting. And so they're going to dread future conversations with you because they don't know when, when, what's the sucker punch. Is it coming <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, much better, much better. Even though it's hard, I'm not saying do it in the first minute, but do it in you know you've got to bring it up in the first ten minutes. Don't leave it for the last five. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there, uh, is there anything that we like as managers and as leaders, anything that we can do to almost give like like a warning sign of like, hey, this is this is the stuff that I'm seeing, and it's not it's not bad or it's not horrible, but it is a concern because like at least from my experience uh, from time to time, what may happen is that the feedback just comes out of nowhere and it almost blindsides you is, is there anything that you've learned that we can do to almost give like a, like a turn signal or a warning sign whenever it comes to giving that.
1: You're so, you're so right. It's really fascinating. There's research showing that. 76% Um, 76% of the time, when people got unwelcome feedback at work, they knew it was coming. So, mm-hmm. basically, three out of four times, we know that the negative feedback is coming. But 24% they didn't. Percent of the time, they didn't see it coming, and those tend to be the feedback conversations that hit people really hard. Those are the really demotivating conversations where people thought, "I, I, I thought I was knocking out of the, knocking it out of the park, and here you are telling me no. Actually, um, you're underperforming." And those those hit people really hard. So uh, I say, I, in fact, I have a chapter in the book titled, Make Your Motto, No Surprises. Yeah, I try to make it the case that, that people aren't going to be surprised by your feedback. And what that might mean is um, having a conversation where you're just pointing out something that you've noticed, right? So mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed that you. I've noticed that you tend to be really quiet in meetings. And I wanted to, to find out what's getting in your way of talking in meetings. And you might be bringing this up because you know you need this person to take more of a leadership role before they can get a promotion. And if they're being always quiet in meetings, they're not taking a leadership role, right? Mm-hmm. So you can say, I've noticed you're really quiet in meetings. Have you noticed that too? What's going through your mind? Okay, now I've brought it up once. Now I bring it up again. So I'd really love to see you participate more in meetings. What can we do if if I'm, if, if I'm gonna see you as a leader and I, I know you've got this ability, I know you can do this, Caleb. I need you to speak up more in meetings. What would make that more possible for you? Mm-hmm. So that I'm letting you know, here's the thing I need to be seeing. What's getting in your way? Right now, this is your limiter. How can we overcome that? And and the language I'm using is we, right? Mm-hmm. How can I support yep. you in this as a manager? So that when it becomes review time and you've got to say, look, I I can't put you up for prom- promotion yet because I haven't seen the leadership skills that I need to see. That person's like, oh, yes, you're right. I know I'm supposed to speak up more in meetings and I haven't been doing it all year. It's not a surprise. Maybe the part about the promotion is a surprise, but they know they know the thing they need to work on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good. Like the... The thing, the thought that that made me think is, it's it's putting us on the same side of things, and like we're working against a problem, we're not working against each other.
1: Oh, it's beautifully said. You you just captured it, Caleb. Exactly. You want to you want to take the employees' side, and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're not holding them accountable. That yeah. doesn't mean you're not you don't have high standards. It doesn't mean you're blaming someone else. But what it is is it's it's, it's exactly what you said. I'm over here with you. I see that problem over there. What would help you get rid of that problem? Because right now it's what's getting in your way. And, but I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you figure that out. Mm
0: -hmm. What's some of the stuff that, uh, that you learned through your research that, uh, that maybe used to be true of feedback or it's like, Hey, it's a common saying that we think is true of feedback that just is no longer, it's no longer applicable or you found out, Hey, like this common thing about feedback actually isn't true at all.
1: I think. One of the most common assumptions is that people assume that the high performers don't need feedback. They know they're great. You know, um, this i've I've often heard this from high performers that they'll be so frustrated that they don't get much feedback. And I think it's a common assumption among managers and leaders that like, oh, they know they're good. <laughs> yeah. they you know they they know they they bring in more sales or they know they check in more code if you're a software developer um they bring in the the highest profile clients whatever it might be there's an assumption that they don't need to hear it and on the contrary they they we, we're we all human we we want to hear where our impact is and um so that can be an oversight um and also there can be a a, a, th- a sense like Okay, you're my least problematic employee. I'm grateful for that, but I need to I need to put out fires over here, so my attention's over here. We we need with our superstars and our highest performers to be giving them feedback as well and coaching. Um, and maybe we don't have, maybe we feel like, well, I don't have any place to coach them on, ask them, where do they want coaching? Maybe they maybe they want to improve their political skills, their political savvy. Um, mm-hmm. And if you, unless you ask, you wouldn't know that. So I think that's a common misconception is that our, you know, we, we spend all of our time focused on our average or our lowest performers and just assume our highest performers are the happiest. But Caleb, our highest performers have the most job options. <laughs> if they're not happy, uh, yeah. yep. <laughs> right? They've got other opportunities (laughs) And so you want, you want to make sure that they see, they know their work is recognized. Mm
0: -hmm. What surprised you the most in your research?
1: That's a good question. I think, I think one of the things that surprised me most, and I was even thinking about it this morning, I I took over a a walk around the block and I was thinking, one of the things that surprises me most is that there's research showing that 21% of managers in the United States, find it hard to give people recognition or praise. Mm-hmm. And I find that so surprising. That's one out of five, right? So I can mm-hmm. understand why people find it hard to give coaching or evaluation. They, they find it hard to give the bad news. But it's so surprising to me that people also find it hard to do appreciation, that they find it hard to praise. Um, that comes really easily for me. So I think that's part of why it's hard to understand. Mm-hmm. But um I, I just I just had an experience this week that maybe gives me some insight on this. Mm-hmm. Um I was doing something for the very first time in my job, and I was really nervous about it. and i I also wasn't just doing this, you know, privately sitting at home behind my computer. I was doing this in a public forum where other people were getting to see me do this for the first time. So this was nerve wracking. And it was nice because there was someone in the room who pulled me aside afterwards, um, who pulled me aside, you know, on Zoom, but pulled me aside afterwards and said, you know, it's really common to be nervous about these kinds of things. And each time you do it, it will get easier. So don't worry about it. You know, he didn't say, I could tell you were nervous, but obviously he could. So he said these very nice, encouraging things, just normalizing what the experience is like. And then I got back to him yesterday and said in a video call, I said, you know, that was so kind of you. Thank you for taking the time to point out this is all normal. It's it's stressful for all of us the first few times, and it gets easier with practice. That was so kind of you. And then we had a really awkward moment, <laughs> right, where I'm thanking him. And we had this, and he's like, oh, you yeah, sure. Um. Yeah, thanks for saying that. We just, you could tell there was like this awkward, now what do we say? And I kind of blushed and, you know, we got past it, but it was an awkward moment. And I think for some of us, that's the reason we avoid praise is it becomes awkward, especially if we're really authentic. Yeah. Um. I don't know that that's the main reason that people avoid praise. Maybe it's again getting back to what we said earlier about being too busy. But it was one of these moments. I'm so glad I said it. I wish it hadn't been awkward. I wish I'd known something to say to make it less awkward. I don't. I, you know, he, he. We. Like I said, I blushed. I think he blushed. It was. Mm-hmm. It was a strange moment. Um. But I think. Uh. I. Th- I think it's worth giving the praise, even even if it does lead for you know both of you to have have a little bit of awkwardness. It's it's worth it. I'm sure he was grateful for my comment.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I want to switch. Uh, we've been talking about, uh, you know, giving the feedback. I want to talk a little bit about like unearthing or like looking for feedback from people and being proactive on that. Um, are there any like any questions that you like love to ask whenever you're trying to find out things about yourself and not necessarily about the other person, but you're trying to figure out, you know, Hey, what, what are the things that, you know, um, you know, tick me off or tick tick my team off about me um, and everything mm-hmm. because mm. with like I just know that with the power dynamics thing, that sometimes it's harder to harder to give your boss feedback unless they're pro- proactively asking for it. Do you have any like questions or anything like that that um, that you just came across that are like, actually, this stuff works whenever it comes to asking for feedback?
1: Sure. So it is, um, uh, it's much easier for people to give you feedback if you ask them for it. So yeah. if you're a manager and you're asking and you want your employees to give you more feedback, it's much easier for them to do so if you've, as, just as you've said, if you've invited it, if you said something like, I'm working hard to be the best manager I can be. Mm-hmm. I know I have room to improve. I, I know some managers get very specific. I know one manager who is having problems where um, someone had the courage to let him know in a 360 review that he checks his phone a lot in meetings, and this w- felt disrespectful to the people on his team, um, but but no one was, no one felt comfortable saying this to him, right? So they had to give it anonymously yeah. in a 360 review, um, and so what he did is he went back to his team, and he said, wow, I got this feedback. I hadn't even thought about it. I am so used to just checking my phone. I am sorry for the message that it signals, from now on, what I'll do is I'll let you know if, I, if I'm expecting, I've got a really important email coming in. I will let you know at the start of that meeting, but please, and, and he said, and otherwise, I won't check my phone. I will turn it upside down and set it aside. He, he said, but I want you to let me know, am I getting any better at this or is it something I still need to work on? And it was nice because um, he now had employees kind of joking about it. They, they would say things like, you know, I'm going to pretend his name is Jeremy. Like, hey, Jeremy, is, is that your phone? <laughs> <laughs> and, and this way he could be like, you're right, that's my phone. Okay, sorry, sorry, I promised I wouldn't yeah. do this. But now they could kind of joke about it because he welcomed it. Now, maybe you've got a boss who doesn't go to the steps that Jeremy did, um, who, who doesn't, doesn't specifically solicit feedback. So um, you, you can be kind of sneaky. You can um, get your manager to give you permission. So you could say something like, would it be helpful to you if I gave you feedback at certain points of the project? And your manager would probably, and because you're asking permission ahead of time, then when you have one of those moments, you can say to your boss like, oh, hey, I noticed something. Would this be a good time to give you some feedback or or are you saturated right now? Um, And then if your manager has already given you permission, they, they now can, they're a little bit more beholden to say, Yeah, oh, actually, I would like some feedback. Or they can say, nope, saturated, not today, later this week, right? (laughs) Um, But but asking ahead of time can make a big difference to making it easier for you to give your manager feedback. And the the other thing that I would recommend, especially if you're giving feedback to a manager, is focus. There's something in psychologists call self-referenced behavior. So the idea there is to refer to a time that your manager did Mm -hmm. the thing you want to see Right. So, if your boss, you know, um, uh, let's let's say you're um, you want your boss to give you more notice about what to expect in in an upcoming meeting that you that you're going to be in, and so you can say to your boss because you 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 do so much better in that meeting if you had a heads up about what the meeting was about. So you could say to your boss, "All right, so uh, remember for that we we had that Torres proposal a month ago." You gave me so much heads up as to what to expect in that meeting that I really felt I performed well. If you could do that more often, I feel like I would come across even more skillfully in these meetings. So even though it's been a couple of months since that Torres meeting, right, the Mm -hmm. fact that you're telling your boss, you've done this before, I'm wondering if you could do it more often for me, will make it more easy. So you don't have to say, gosh, in the past six meetings, you didn't tell me what to expect. Instead, focus on the time they've done it. Mm
0: -hmm. What, what advice would you give to the person who uh they're giving feedback to somebody and the person who is uh receiving the feedback is just very defensive about it and is, and is maybe um you know that's not me I don't agree with the feedback like what what's what's your advice for that situation
1: yeah it's true defensiveness is is really tricky yeah um so uh a couple of things first of all uh be sure to and and you might know ahead of time uh, with a lot of us we know who the defensive employees are likely to be um sometimes it takes us by surprise but often we know Uh, you can you know the person you're thinking of them right now um so one thing to do is to state your good intentions right so your good intentions might be um i want to make sure that people see how knowledgeable you are and um and and I see when you do this, I think it reduces your credibility. So, so letting the person know, here, I've got good intentions. There's research by Leslie John at Harvard University showing that when you state your good intentions before you give the unwelcome news, people are much more receptive to it. They think it's more insightful and they um, are less defensive than if you don't state your good intentions. It's a little awkward, I'll admit. It's a little awkward to state your good intentions. But if you can find your good intentions, here's the good thing I want for you. And it could be as simple as, you know. I I want everyone to respect how good you are at your job, or, you know, I I want to see you succeed. It it can be pretty generic, right? So stating your good intentions is one way to reduce defensiveness. Another thing is to ask the employee for their perspective before you give yours. Um, All too often, we launch into feedback right away. Here's what I thought. Here's my concern. Instead, so ask, like, how do you think that went? Mm-hmm. What what and what moments were you particularly proud of, or and what would you do differently next time? Because once that person feels like, okay, we're having we're having a brainstorming conversation here. What would I do differently next time? It's it's easier to now then say, well, here's the concern that I had, because they've already laid some of their concerns on the table. Um, they might still say, well, I'm not concerned about that for this reason, and you could say, well, but I'm concerned that it's going to create this impression. So you can now be having a dialogue. But if you Research shows that if you ask someone for their impression first, they're less likely, they're more more receptive to what you have to say, and they see it as more of a collaboration instead of their needing to defend their turf.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what's helped you become better at receiving people's feedback? Because, you know, just as uh, you mentioned earlier, in there, sometimes the feedback can feel um, like it could prey our, on our insecurities and everything. So what's helped you become better at receiving feedback or what's some of the stuff that you've seen through the research that helps us become better at that?
1: It's funny. I'm glad you asked this. This, this actually just came up this week. I had um, someone give me some very critical feedback and I I, I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, And so what I did is I sent her a quick email saying, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hear all that you're saying. Um, it's a lot to take in. It would really help me if you could let me know what I'm doing well because yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm getting so discouraged by the concerns that you have that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it's going to negatively affect my work. And so she immediately, in fact, she called me the next morning. I sent this email in the evening and she called me the next morning on the phone so we could immediately, she said, oh, here yeah. here's what you're doing so well. I hadn't even realized you needed to hear this. Thank you so much for telling me because she was really focusing on the critical part. And that's so common for a lot of managers is to think the place we can be helpful is by telling people what they can improve. And sometimes we need to hear the other part. Yeah. Um, and, and that just it it it, re, it changed everything from that point forward I was now able to hear her critical feedback it can be hard it can feel needy right to ask for these things um, but uh, I've, I've usually had much more success than I think people would expect when I let them know when I signal hey I need I need some encouragement here or I might say hey I need to hear that it's normal to have these problems and people are like oh of course it's normal oh you're right yeah no no this is this is what people do when they're first trying this for the first time or when they're um new to this domain and it can so asking for that feedback that's one of the things and like i said i did it just this week and it immediately mobilized this person to and again like you said earlier it made me feel like she was on my side yeah. right now we now we were looking at a problem together because she's supporting me so i think that's that's a crucial skill that so many of us skip
0: yeah uh another part of the book, which i w- I'm not gonna lie. I was really excited whenever uh, I saw that you covered this um just because I don't feel like it gets covered a whole lot, but you talk about the unconscious bias that uh and how it affects us giving uh giving feedback whenever it comes to people who are uh minorities or uh different genders or even part of the LGBTQ community I would just love to hear some of the research um that you cover whenever it comes to, to giving and receiving feedback, whenever it comes to um, those people. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's,
1: we don't tend to think that bias would affect our feedback. We tend to think Mm -hmm. that we're just evaluating people on their merits, right? This is a meritocracy, good work, Mm -hmm. bad work. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it like it is, but there's growing research across many fields in finance, uh, in tech, in law, in medicine, in many fields where people are giving better feedback to men than they give Mm -hmm. to women. And, um, and there's, there's less research, but there's, there's starting to be research showing that we give better feedback to our white employees than to our black employees or to our Latinx employees. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more research on the gender issue. So, and I don't think it's because there's, I don't think it's because there's uh, less bias around race and ethnicity. I just don't think there's much research. We're finally starting to see some, but I'll focus yeah. on gender because there's so much research there. Yeah. Um, the most, One of the most common patterns is that um, women tend to get more vague feedback than men do. So if if you're someone who's received the kind of feedback, and by vague, I mean things like, you had a great year, or keep doing what you're doing. And you're like, What, what part of doing, what, what, what do you like? You know, I've done, I've done 50 things this week, which one, (laughs) right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, So, uh, and women are in, 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 uh, there's a team at Stanford that's looked at actual performance reviews. And when these kinds, this kind of vague language comes up and then there's no specific details, it's more likely to come up in women's performance reviews than in men's. Men are more likely to get specific praise. You know, women are just told, um, you're really creative. Whereas men are told you're really creative in negotiations with tough Mm. clients. Like that's so much more specific right now. I know where I'm creative, right? So men are likely to get more specific praise and more specific critical feedback. You know, whereas women are told you need to show more curiosity and it ends right there. Men are more likely to be told you need to show more curiosity when a client doesn't get back to you. Again, very specific behavior, I know exactly yeah. when to show more curiosity, whereas women are kind of like by curiosity, do you mean in my emails do you mean you know, yeah. they're like i I'm, yeah. I'm very curious what you mean by curious right yeah. um, uh, but you but you often don't feel as an employee that you can ask for more specificity um so this is this is a bias that um is is common for managers, and so I encourage people to you know. Have the have the courage to open up your performance reviews, that you know that'd be one place where you have it written down and take a look at the feedback that you've given for men and women. Are you are you being more specific? And an easy way to see that is often the feedback reviews written feedback is longer for men because we're being vague for women. And so there's shorter reviews that can be a quick sign that to you at just a glance that you're being more specific for men and you, and you want, you don't want to sugarcoat your, your feedback for, for women that, that doesn't help them improve. So, um, and you, you also don't want to make your praise vague. People want to know specifically, where yeah. am I knocking it out of the park? How am I being most helpful to you? You know, all of our, in if, if it, the one thing we all have in common is we're trying to make our bosses look better, right? <laughs> so if our boss, if your boss can tell you, here's where you made me look really good. And I appreciate that. That's really helpful to know.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there anything that we haven't talked about uh, feedback that you want to make sure that we mention?
1: Giving giving feedback is a skill. It's hard. And I appreciate that. If you're someone who's listening to this and thinking, I could be better at this. You're not alone. We all get better. I'm learning things. I learned things just this week about feedback. So we're all learning about this together. Just keep trying because feedback is a skill and you can learn to get better.
0: Yeah. One, One final question that I want to ask is, how has your life been different through pursuing this research and feedback?
1: Wow, it's a great question. How's my life different? I have more courage to mm-hmm. say the hard things now. I think in the past when I've said the hard things, um, I haven't had the conviction that it was the right thing. I might've just stumbled into it. Whereas now I realize how important it is. Um, so often I've had, I've had people be very grateful when I've said the hard thing. Um, one quick example. I had, uh, I was working with someone who was consistently late for meetings and and she was only late for three meetings in a row, but I, I brought it up with her. I said, so I've, I've noticed that you've been, you know, a few minutes late for each of our meetings. Is, is that something that you struggle with? And, oh my goodness, this was a huge problem for her. And it, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it wasn't upsetting me. I wasn't, I wasn't upset mad at her for being a few minutes late but now we got into time management issues for her and and what was happening for her as to why she was late and it and it and it affected other parts of her work so this was a, a A moment, no one had been willing to bring this up with her for some reason. And 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 she was older than I was. She wasn't a you know, she wasn't a a millennial. Um, she was probably 10 years older than I was. But this was a a challenge for her. And we were able to have a really candid conversation because I brought it up. So I highly recommend trying to have more courage. I I know it's really improved my feedback conversations.
0: Well, Therese, I know that people are gonna wanna pick up your book, Let's Talk. And by the time that this episode is out, the book is available. And so where's the best place for people to go to pick up the book and to continue to learn from you?
1: You can find it, of course, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, they can also go to my website, uh, theresehouston.com. But I'm all about local booksellers. We need to keep yeah. them alive. So take a quick look and see if your um, local bookseller is selling my book and you can have it just delivered to your home. That, that would be That would help everybody out.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Oh, this is such a treat. Thank you so much, Caleb.
0: If you enjoyed that conversation, the best way to make sure that you don't miss any future conversations is by subscribing on whatever podcast player you use. Or if you listen on Spotify like me, just go ahead and hit that follow button and you'll never miss an episode because it will continue to show up in your feed as well. As I mentioned earlier, I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me via Instagram at Caleb J. Mason and anything that you're learning about I would love to hear from any good books or podcasts or just what you're learning in general, reach out to me and as well. And thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. Thanks Sam and Garrett for all the work that you do to help make this podcast happen as well. And thank you for listening until next time. My name is Caleb Mason. Keep learning and keep growing.